to everyone from Toad Suck, Arkansas, to Idiotville, Oregon, and lest we forget our favorite town, Pelzer, South Carolina. The town's so <laughs> terrible. All 124 acres of it. I read that on Wikipedia, Brian. All 124 acres are not claimed by two different counties. This is the Mad Park Podcast. As always, I'm Tom, that is. Brian. And we have a special, a really special guest today, an actual professional guest. This is. I don't know if this is David. (laughs) David Cannon, you know him better as Ace, Ace and TJ Show. Uh, Ace has a podcast also, but we are recording this right now, live, unedited. We'll edit it later. Uh, at the vault inside the playroom, 916 Tuckasegee Road on Charlotte's blistering, almost magma hot west side. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is like I'm gonna start referring to it as the magma hot west side. Magma yeah. hot west side. It's hotter than the surface of the sun. <laughs> Why are what we they're doing with these buildings? Yeah. Yeah, it is a hot area. Yeah. You see that no, when yeah, you come over no. here. But anyway, come on over and check us out. And you can also, if you're too lazy to leave your house, uh, you know, if you're a troll or whatever they call them nowadays, a lazy dude, just go and check it out at theplayroomonline.com. David Cannon, Ace Cannon, are, are you related to the other Ace Cannon? No, okay. I'm not. And I don't know how many people that, know. That's how the nickname stuck. Yeah. Um, Where were you born? In Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, well, Ace Cannon was from, from Mississippi. Louisiana. From yeah, from that area. Yeah, and yeah. so he was always on TV around when I was a kid. And uh, in middle school, I had a middle school basketball coach. I could shoot from the outside, which was all I could do. Yeah. And he, they, if I was in the game, we were either way ahead or, or way, way behind. behind. <laughs> <laughs> but when I went in, he was like, fired up. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and he started calling me Ace like that. And yeah. so when I got into radio... Uh, I went to work at a radio station, the first one where they were actually going to pay me money. And he said, oh, well, we already have a guy named David that works here, so you've got to pick up another name. Do you have a nickname? And I said, well, not really. I said, my building school basketball coach called me Ace. And he goes, we're going with that. Important life decisions made right yeah. there. Yeah. Just, okay, thanks. Yeah, Ace Cannon was, um, I mean, fairly well-known. I knew about him, um, saxophonist. Yeah, had Late those 50s, early uh, 60s. TV albums that were out. That yeah, he was, yeah. in the, and when I was a kid, like in the early and mid '80s, he would show up on TV albums of you know the kids yeah, of Ace Cannon or whatever. I was born in the mid '80s, so okay. Well, shut. Stop. <laughs> I don't want to get rude. Anyway, it's it like his commercial would run back and back with Boxcar Willie's greatest hits and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Again, I suppose. You don't know what that is. Um, what's that uh, quasi-disgusting hat you're wearing, Ace? What am I oh, uh, quasi my uh, glorious alma mater LSU. Who oh happens no, to be no, ranked no! As the I like those guys. I thought that was something else. Team in America. No, I yeah, thought that was a long. Pelzer High School hat. Oh no, no, <laughs> not for long. The Ohio State Buckeyes are going to take it. Gross, dude. Ooh, I'm. Uh, that's the one that worries me the most. Oh yeah. Ohio State's got a great defense right now. They should. Um, yeah. You still doing that little radio show thing you do? Yeah, little okay. radio show still rolling along, right. so can't complain about that. Yep, yep. I think I my could, mom still listens. Nobody would listen. Tell her I said thanks. <laughs> okay. We appreciate nah, it. Nah, we we'll, ain't talking we'll, lately. We'll take it anyway we can get it. <laughs> we talk all the time. Yeah. You and your mom? No, me and Ace. <laughs> yeah, me and my mom talk. The Ace and TJ show, 96.1, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Okay, I mean, you never know when it might change. Is that iHeartRadio? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, and, and it's weird. Technically, um, we're in a weird. Technically, we own the show. Okay, so we we it's ATJ Incorporated. Oh, okay. But we have a contract. We are contract labor essentially with. Gotcha. So y'all don't have to wear a uniform to work. Nope. Oh, nope. that's great. Um, but we don't get the cool iHeartRadio hoodies at Christmas at the Christmas party. We'll make you one. Yeah, thanks. That's true. It'll say. That's I right. I'll have you. It, we'll just tweak radio. it. Brian's a graphic designer. <laughs> Brian, idea for the day: yeah. iFartRadio. I want to know how long you've lived in Charlotte, so I can know how much I can relate to you about. Twenty-one local. years. Twenty-one years. So yeah. that's okay. Let me do the math. Okay. It was one year. Uh, April of ninety-eight. No, hold on. I'm gonna check this. One year would be okay. Ninety-eight. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I was just wondering how long. I was born and raised here. Okay. And I'm, well, you're be, one of the rare people born and raised. No, here. there's plenty of us, but there's a lot of other what we call carpetbaggers, <laughs> interlopers, <laughs> uh, Midwestern white trash. You know, I've only been here 12 years, so you got me beat. Yeah. Did you pay the fee when you came here? You mean property tax? No, when we yeah. made you get some dignity. No, no I, I work uh, with, with you. So. No, I work for a living, sir. This should be easy for you. Who are the American Rolling Stones? The the I would say Aerosmith. Exactly. Okay. Thank you, yeah. Brian. See, stupid. I asked you that before, and you said Michael Jackson's bomb. <laughs> of Aerosmith's songs, what's their best song? In your opinion, what's the best song? And I'll tell you why you're wrong. <clears throat> I would want to go with I don't know, Chip Away the Stone is one of my favorites. Not bad, but the correct answer is Lord of the Thighs. Not a, not a bad one. No, a bad it's one. a good one. Don't, yeah, it's don't, good. don't shit on me like that right here. No, please. I just I saw them in <laughs> Vegas a couple of months ago in, over the summer. Yeah. Devastatingly good. Still and then good. you go, like, oh my God, wait, they're 70 something years old, but yeah. they were unbelievable. Their kids are 70. Actually. Unbelievable. They were great. Brian, chime in at any oh. time. Man. <laughs> no, go ahead. I thought, you were, I thought you were gonna do your standard, you know, yeah. quick questions. Okay, well, I'll give you another quick question. Okay. Um got any kids? Yes, two. I, I knew that. Yeah. Which ones? Uh, I mean, what type? Uh I have a daughter named Peyton and a son named Cade. She's no. 20, he's 17. Okay. Oh, that's a tough age. Yeah. It so was I, for me. I assume, which we'll talk about the video later in your new uh music career. Yeah. Um uh, it, the daughter is who the song is about. I yes, assume. that is correct. Yeah. Are you gonna you, any plans to write one about your son? Yeah, I have to now. Yeah, it's right. like, damn. <laughs> That's the, you know, one just comes to you and you write it, and, and it was her uh, originally a gift for her 18th birthday, but it turned out being a Christmas gift because I couldn't get it together in time. Mm-hmm. And now he's already told people out. Like, I hope hope there's one in there for me. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be called "Don't Disappoint Me." <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me go back to. You know, college because you went to LSU, right? Yes. So, um, what got you into radio? Was it something in school? There? I went to. I was in high school and I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. If I was going to be in, like, I wanted to do radio or TV, and I was that that kid that I played sports, but I hosted all the talent shows and all that kind of stuff, and I didn't know what I was doing. And then this girl that I knew, I was kind of going out with. We stopped. She said, "I." We were going out one night. She said, "I got to stop by and drop something off to my cousin." Her cousin happened to be the afternoon drive DJ and program director at one of my favorite radio stations. I meant from a town of like sixteen thousand people, uh, and across the river is a larger town of fifty thousand people, so yeah. there weren't that many options. But this guy was cool, and he let us in the studio. And I just walked, in, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever seen." Because I was a huge music fan, I was like instantly like mesmerized by. If this. nothing else, they just had tons of cool records. They had re- and they they still had records. Remember records? And they had, they just then were having they had some CDs and some records. It was a nice mix, and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever. Remember seen Remember when in my CDs life. were like twenty four ninety nine a piece, Brian? Yeah. No, you don't. I remember. And they would even they would come on the radio and say, you know, what is it? Uh, pointing out that now the crystal clear compact disc sound on the radio by Philips Magnavox. <laughs> it's crazy. Get it at your local tarts. Yeah, and so when I went to college, um, I got a, a I went to the KLSU college radio station and I had a guy that I knew from my first dorm or from my only dorm. Uh, and he said, I've got the hard rock and metal show Saturday nights, midnight to three. You want to come hang out and do it with me? Hell yeah. Oh, and then, because it was an alternative station. So yeah. all they did was like, these look, they didn't know what we were doing. They were like, these look like metal records. Like, here, take what, that. What was it? This was like 87, 88, 89. So they didn't okay. really know. And half of it, I wouldn't, some of it was terrible. Yeah. 
but it was still stuff like Armored Saint and anything that, that you know, Metallica, Megadeth, all that stuff. They didn't know what to do with. I think I've heard of Armored Saint, lead singer John Bush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Went on to Anthrax, Anthrax, came back to Armored Saint. And so uh, they just kind of gave us a bunch of records. And so we played everything from, from glam metal to thrash and all points in between and had free reign. And it was the greatest thing ever. And the, But it was still free. Saturday nights, midnight to three. And so I finally got a a paying job one summer and, you know, kind of took off from there. That's awesome. That's a weird, like, midnight to three because my freshman year of college, my roommate and I did a radio show. The lady was like, hey, you guys are funny. You want to do this radio show? We're like, sure. When is it? And they said Friday, midnight to three. And we were like. We'd be drunk anyway. Yeah, Why not? We were like, right. we're like, we're like, who's really listening to that at that point? Oh, what was but, so bad? I took it so yeah. seriously. I would go to, you know, we'd go to the LSU ball game, or whatever. And I'd go to a party afterwards, and like, okay, I'm, I'm here for like 15 minutes, and I'll have one beer. I gotta leave. And they were like, yeah. well, take some with you. No, I can't be drinking on the radio. That's against the rules. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't I, possibly know. let my guard down and let yeah. it all hang loose. Couldn't <laughs> let that happen. And then I let my dad come one night. My dad got hammered on vodka oh, in the studio God. while I was talking. <laughs> what was your first paying radio gig? Um, uh, full time. Yeah. Uh, I went back to the radio station in my hometown in Alexandria. Okay. Uh, I had worked there one summer, and it turns out as I was graduating, they were looking for somebody to come in and do overnights. Mm-hmm. So I graduated uh, college on August 1st of 91, drove home, moved home on the afternoon of the 2nd, and on the night of the 3rd, I went to work ooh, for the same guy again. Guy turned out to be the guy that let me in that studio when I was in high school that showed me around. Oh, no he way. He was the guy that gave me my first paying oh, job. that's cool, nice. man. And so, uh, yeah, so I started out doing midnight to six. Um, Is that guy so, still alive? I know that's a weird yeah, question. Yeah, barely, but, but he's still alive. But that's not that long ago. It's 30 years ago almost. But yeah, it's not yeah. That long ago. And he was in his 20s then. So yeah. now he's, uh, so he's that's my age. Yeah, late 50s, maybe 60 or so now, something like that. 96.1, I know you got, You said you guys are basically contract labor and stuff. You still, yeah. clearly, you have access to, like, the numbers. Sure. Has your audience grown? I, because I know that terrestrial radio is a little different than it was. Things are different. The markets are different. Big corporations bought up a lot of the small stuff right. over the last decades. Uh, that's To me, it's neither good nor bad. I don't care, mm-hmm. you know, as long as somebody's playing music. How has the audience grown? Has it plateaued? Are people looking for something different? Did did a new group of a core audience members well, come up? iHeartRadio too got they've got an app now that they tell everybody to download too. So I, I'd be curious. Yeah, and we have app, our own app on the show. So it's one of the things that we tell people. We spoke at a radio conference a couple years ago, and I was point. I just held up my phone. I was like, "Hey, I don't know if y'all got the word, but this is you know, this yeah. is your radio now. This is it outside That's, the car. This is the thing. It's great. And so yeah, it's, you can take it with you everywhere. So we you know we have our app and all that. Yeah, um, it's interesting. It kind of ebbs and flows, and we're we've been very fortunate to stay right near the top, but we're in one of those peak moments now where it kind of the audience kind of comes your way yeah we're in a pro- predominantly 18 to 49 year old female appeal radio station emphasis on the in the 27 to 35 kind of year old 27 to 40 year old range if you had to kind of narrow it down even yeah. more so for us it's pretty solid it hasn't really impacted that audience all that much they like podcasts but if you give them something that's entertaining They'll they'll listen to what you have and then they'll go somewhere else after that a lot of times they'll go somewhere else maybe for more specific music that they want to hear while they're at work or whatever the case may be. But what is that? I saw a stat the other day. It's like um, 94% of of Americans are still impacted by the FM radio or broadcast radio every week, uh, which is still a lot. And it's one of those those things – 
Every time somebody said, oh, satellite radio is going to kill. CDs are going to kill radio. Satellite radio is going to kill you. Oh, podcasts are going to kill you. Well, podcasts and satellites replace CDs and those things. All those things go around. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's pretty cyclical, but we're in a pretty good cycle right I now. I think it's also they're all supplemental to each other. Yeah. I mean, even Howard Stern said, hey, I'm, I'm on satellite, but you know, there's always going to be a place for that. I hope there's always a place for satellite. Yeah, and one of the heads of iHeart said about a year or two ago, he said, you know, if we just created radio today, it would be the greatest thing that anybody's ever heard. Yeah. They would think, oh, my God, this thing is free, and I can get it anywhere, yeah. anytime, anyplace. This is the most incredible thing ever. But we've had ever. it for so long. But We're so for jaded. So long. It's one of those Spoiled. things that everybody says it's going to you know, it's gonna go away, and it never, you know, it keeps hanging around. But it comes in different forms. Yeah. I mean, um, you have to be adaptable to the fact that a lot of people, like, they listen to our show now on our app, They'll or on, even on the iHeartRadio app. They'll listen later in the day. They'll come back and listen at 2 o'clock in the afternoon I when love it's more convenient option. for them. And it's great, And it's great for us because you can kind of keep that thing going 24 hours a day a little bit more. But also, too, like with your, what you were saying is uh, you might listen to the radio at one point and then a certain time. Like when I'm working, I want to listen to like Spotify with a certain playlist. Yeah, because you want to lock into something <clears throat> yeah, specific. And sure. I agree with that. And the two, the radio, the thing I still like about radio is it's a little bit more personable in a sense because you guys do the you know the shows and the things right. like that, callers. Uh, it's all, the all only the stuff. You go places. Well, and they're also here in town. Well, yeah. right. You're and not going to – Nobody from Spotify or uh, Pandora is going to go somewhere and be able to meet these guys or, you know, any of this right. stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's it's the only radio – it's the only form of entertainment that is really that personal because you can't call – you can't call Marino Boyle at WBTV. And they, let me talk to Marino while – you know, it's a commercial yeah. break. Let me give her – let me talk to her. i got to ask her a question real quick. They don't let you do that, probably for a good reason. They won't answer the phone in hopes of a total train wreck on the air like you would. Absolutely. They won't ask people, hey, call in right now because we're looking for the weirdest. Yeah. You know, we did a thing today on our show that said if uh, uh, we called it, um, what do we call it? Oh, oh, I'll show you crazy. And we told women, we said, look, here's what we're at. Here's what we're, we're trying to prove this point. Call us and tell us when you were in an argument with a guy and he called you crazy. And then what happened? Like and where now you look back on and realize, oh, I was off the rails. Yeah. And we had a girl that said after she beat the hood of his car in, she went to the he called her crazy and she went to the girl's house that she found out he was cheating on and she wrote whore in uh gasoline in her front yard and lit it on fire. It's oh, a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah, and we had one girl who said That's like a one thousand pitch size yeah. for you graphic people. And, and this <laughs> this one girl did call it. She said it wasn't me, but her friend jumped on her It was her boyfriend's car. And uh, urinated all over the windshield and the hood after he called her crazy. <laughs> when he turned on the windshield wipers, like that's never mind. Never mind. like Spotify's not going to give you that. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No, I'll listen, in, I'll listen yeah. to that stuff in the morning or on the, when we're driving somewhere or you know because sometimes I want to listen to my same playlist over and over and over again. Yeah, do you, there's a personal connection yeah. there that you can't beat when it's done right. It's I mean, that's not to defend. There's a lot of bad radio out there that. There are a lot of things that that radio in general could be doing a lot better to have a little more heart and soul and be be better locked in with people. Ain't nothing perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, what about when you were younger? Did uh, growing up, were you influenced by any certain music? Did your parents listen to anything specific? It's interesting. My, uh, I am first record I ever bought. It's ten years old. I bought Elvis Presley's greatest hits. With my own money, albums. Elvis Presley's greatest hits and Kiss Alive Two in the same day. I bought Kiss Destroyer first. Yeah, and it was, and I was, and that launched me. Then I went backwards, like <clears throat> as a mega fan. You know, what was your back first concert? Elvis Presley. Me too. I saw Elvis Give in April of '77, like three months before he died. Yeah, or whatever it was. We saw him. Yeah. Uh, I want to say August to late August of '76. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the, the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I was a yeah. huge Elvis. My dad was a big Elvis fan. And I get that weird, um, my dad, like my dad's country music, like, he, like rock, like Chuck Berry and Elvis. Um, he was never a big Beatles or Stones guy. Yeah. I kind of found those on this my own. This sounds very familiar to me. And then, um, <laughs> but he loved, his country loves were like country, Jerry Jeff Walker yep. and um, things like that. And then I would, uh, and, and Waylon Jennings. And mm-hmm. I love those, that music just from him. And then I gravitated to, my mom loved Carol King and Olivia Newton-John and Ann Murray and those songs like, even as a kid, I would think, God, these songs are heart wrenching. They're so sad, and I think that's where I get. I am a sucker for a sad ballad. Like you, oh. the first time you heard an Olivia Newton-John song when you were a kid, and you were like, "Oh, that's terrible. She's so sad." And then you saw her pictures, like, "How are you that sad? You're that hot." <laughs> yeah, she that's was the kind super of stuff hot. I still yeah, she, is. Was, she was super hot at the time. A little bit of a country influence, like listening to the new single and stuff and the video. Is that kind of where that? That's got a little country know. vibe you know, to it. it didn't I get start that vibe out that way. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't start out that way. The song was written for my daughter, and I. It started out as more of a like an, an Eagles ish, kind of a not tip of the cap to Elton John kind of a vibe. A little bit of Poco mixed in. It, kind of a little loose, laid back kind of thing, and then it kind of eventually it morphed, and we started playing for people, and we started getting the same comment. Um, I, this is a true story. I played it for a guy, and he was like, "God, that's." He had a daughter, and he was like, eyes welled up with tears. He goes, "That's the that's the wedding song." He goes, "That's a good country song." I was like, "Is it? Like, that's a country song to you?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah." He goes, "That's so good." And I on the way home, I called it the day. He goes, "Hey, guess what happened? I played it for the guy at the station. He and uh, he said it's a wedding song. He thinks it's a country song." He goes, "No way." He said that happened to him that, that he had played it the same day for somebody here. And they said the same thing. So the more we messed around with it, every time you got a little more country, it just kind of felt right. That's just kind of where it ended up. Because Eddie and I have written, you know, rock songs before. And then I wrote another one that's kind of a more of an Eagles-ish kind of thing for some buddies of mine. And then, But this one just kind of that's where – and the more it went that way country, at first I was kind of resistant. I was like, Eddie, I'm not hearing it. And then I took a few days away from it and listened to it again. And went okay, that makes sense. Now that's I hear where it's going musically. Yeah, I think I'm gonna play it at my wedding. Maybe <laughs> I'm already married, but I'm thinking about getting another one. <laughs> but so, yeah, I always tell people that nowadays um, I'm a little bit of a music snob, and I say, well, pop sounds like country, country sounds like pop, hip hop sounds like pop. It's all, which is kind of what people were always going for all those years: mass appeal. And, yeah, sure. Hey, this person can like my stuff too. But that absolutely has a country flavor to it. Yeah, with the mandolin, working with, working with the radio, pedal guitar. I mean, that's got to be different too, because you've got an eclectic, like Tom said, this hip hop song to this Taylor Swift song to this or whatever, and they're all going to be. Yeah, what is your format pop? on your station? The station format is essentially <laughs> uh, a more adult leaning top forty. Okay, but it's made up of it's a it's Post Malone, Taylor yeah. Swift, and all that. So like my song. Would never get played on my radio station. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if we call in, if we mount a robocall. <laughs> you know, what, and I want to—I shouldn't say that because we're playing. Um, we just had Dan and Shay have two huge hits right now. Sure, and their country art—they say they're country artists, but they sound very pop. That's a—that's a very polished country sound. Yeah. And now that was that the country artist Kane Brown is is 
essentially rapping over a brother, dance right? beat. Well, like Lady Antebellum, they're a country band, but they're pop. They have huge hits. on yeah. mainstream radio. Yeah, <laughs> things just kind of kind of cross genre there. I always thought Brad Paisley and Jonas Brothers, they always had that kind of thing. I heard all that stuff when my niece was listening to it. Right. <laughs> I'm more into Norwegian death metal and stuff yeah. like that. Excuse me. Black I noticed metal. your death t-shirt when you came in a minute ago. I covered it up with a yeah. Bloody Mary t-shirt. <laughs> That's a local band. I hadn't been around in 20-something years. Shout out to Bill. Bloody Bill. Um, so that kind of brings me to a, something Tom and I were talking about. With you having your own format on your show, are you able, is it kosher for you to t- hype up your Can you song? promote it? Can you promote your own stuff? Oh, yeah. It? Yeah. Tastefully, yeah, of course. And yeah. I, haven't been, I haven't done it a lot. Like this week, I've been talking about it only because this is what my life is. Yeah. And so our show is based around not the music, but it's around like what we're doing in our lives because that's it's relatable to other people. And so um, everybody's heard this song. Like I played the song uh, one time on the radio. I was like, hey, I did this song for my daughter. I gave her it as a Christmas gift. And people are like, well, let's hear it. So I played it. And then it's kind of gone into these different forms. But I've talked about the excitement of more on lines of I honestly, I cannot believe like this is happening to me. Like you will not believe what I did yesterday. I spent eight hours shooting a music video, like a legit music where'd, video. Where'd you coming. shoot that video? We did it in two spots you know, over two days. We did it in uh, Belmont at um, in the park in Belmont the first day. And I said, um, the song is called Maggie Made Dreams. And it's a, a built around the story that when my daughter was little, when I would uh, put her to sleep in the afternoons for her nap. And you would dress up like Rod Stewart. Exactly. In my dreams. Okay. I could look that cool. And uh, it's like a foot and a half shorter. Than I you, would man. just start singing for whatever reason. I don't know why. The acoustic version, Rod Stewart put out an album called Unplugged and Seated in like 93, 94. Mm-hmm. And he does a version of, of, of Maggie May, which is a song about him running off with this, you know, cougar, essentially. And that's the whole story. It's the most inappropriate song to be singing to a six, eight, Those nine, are almost the exact yeah. words I used yeah. telling Brian about what Maggie May was about. Earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, and I remember, I can distinctly remember I would pick her up and we'd dance around the room where her mom would go to the store or whatever she had to go do that day when I got home from work. And I would, you know, and the song starts with him singing that line, wake up, Maggie, I think I got something to say to you. And and I would sing that to Get her. Get ready to dump you. Yeah. And she would go, and she would go to sleep. And that just became the song that I would sing to her in the afternoons that she would go to sleep. And the song was built around the fact that it's this terribly inappropriate song to be singing to this kid. But that's where I would wonder. Like, but they God. say that kids don't care. It's just how yeah. you talk to them or how yeah. you sing to them. But I would just wonder what, like, in those times, this whole song is built around the truth that I was like, what is this kid going to grow up to be? Like, yeah. where are we going to be? 20 years from now. And Hopefully you know, not married to Rod Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Hunter's old. Yeah, Get so we here. just kind of, that's where the whole story of the song grew out of that. A little birdie, Eddie, told us that... A, a short about, birdie. <laughs> told us a little bit about the casting call, and you guys yeah. were overwhelmed with a lot of people. We and, put it out, I just said, hey, look, I would like, I want to do this thing. It's about dads and daughters. Would dads and daughters be interested in being in a video? Hit me up. You know, send me a message. And we had a ton of them, and we, we just kind of went through and pulled. We said, like, describe yourself or something. We pulled, I think, like 50 in contact out of a couple hundred. It's one of those things, like, you almost at some point, like, I can not, I'm not even going to look through it. I've got so many yeah. here to look at. I'm just going to look at these, and we'll figure it out from here. And I think 35 of the 50 we contacted showed up. 
which was way more than we could ever have it's a damn used. Damn good turnout. Yeah, I, typically it's under fifty percent. That's exactly how our Facebook sh- our shows go. I'm like, okay, we've got two hundred people coming to our show. We always figure, okay, take fifty percent off right. of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So absolutely. There's a formula. So it's <laughs> called lowered expectations. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 That way you're never disappointed. Yeah. yeah, yeah then when that two hundred shows up, you're like, <laughs> but but man, when you're when you're not disappointed, whatever the opposite of disappointed is, insanely pleasantly surprised. Man, what a feeling. <laughs> Well, yeah. How many people are here? Uh, we don't have that many hot dogs. Right. <laughs> I guess. I don't know what we said. Yeah, yeah anyway. so that's how it started. So the, the people showed up, and then we picked, of those groups, we picked a couple. We were trying to build a story arc with the uh, with the little girl and trying to see, like, um, this girl's blonde and that little girl's blonde. Like, they kind of look close enough alike. Yeah. And we had um, a couple of families come back. I think we had eight or ten that came back the next Sunday. And we shot at Clifton, who's in our – Eddie's best friend. I've known Clifton now 18 years through Charity Case. He's the guitar player in Charity Case. Right. And he's got this great house that if you – any direction, if you turn the other way, it looks like a totally different place. Yeah, we wondered whose house it was. Yeah. It was That's yeah, a sweet Clifton's. spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. And so we could shoot everything in one spot. Is that in, in Belmont also? There. Ned is not, no. What city is that in? In Charlotte. What's that address? <laughs> <laughs> is anyone usually there on the weekends? That's a very nice place. And so they came back, and we shot it all there, and uh, um, just kind of were able to build a cool little – include other dads and daughters and then build a little story within mm-hmm. this girl that shows how she spends time with her dad from growing up until the day that she gets married. Um, aside from the you know, mediocre mandolin playing <laughs> – <laughs> Yes. No, Eddie's damn good, man. It's great, but – I think I heard pedal guitar in there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Who did that? We can, uh, <clears throat> You would have to ask Eddie. He has the rundown okay. of all the musicians. Because I, I don't I, think Eddie I wasn't, plays that. No, I wasn't okay. here when we did that because they came back. And that was one of those things that once everybody was talking about, it's a country song. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to experiment with it a little bit. I'm going to bring in some pedal steel. I was like, Who? I was like, that's going to be real country. And I didn't think it was going to work. And yeah. then they came back and just put it together. Is that Feather Pocket? Is that what he does? Yeah, he does do some of that. Okay. Did you really just talk shit about me? We can edit that one out, Eddie. Eddie just walked in. A guy can't, you know... Well, I had to have a segue into uh, pedal guitar, but uh, yeah, Ooh, we uh, now that Eddie's here, I got a good question. Ask him. So, well, it's not for Eddie. It's oh, just okay. So Ace can okay. talk about Eddie while he's here. <laughs> okay. Um, so. Um, if you go back and listen to our other podcast, we've talked about Charity Case. Um, Ace, doing your own stuff now and not, you know, doing a lot of covers, which nothing yeah. wrong with that. Charity Case is a great band. You got, you got, you guys do all kinds of stuff. Again, go back and listen to the other podcast. Um, how cool is it to kind of write some of your own stuff? It's awesome. It's really good. Uh, the first time we did it, we were writing a song because we were trying to win an opening spot for Kiss. You had to write your own song and submit it. And that was the first thing that we ever wrote as a band. And, and Eddie and I wrote the lyrics together. And I was like, hey, this is really fun. And he said, have you ever thought about writing songs? And um, I said, I've done some parody songs for the radio. He was like, oh, those are my favorite. He was like, why not? Why would you not do more songs? I was like, I don't, know, I don't know what to do. He was just go write some words and bring them back to me. So I ended up writing a song for my ex-wife. And the same thing happens every time. I come back and I say, okay, here's what I've got. And I sing him the lyrics. And he says the same thing. <laughs> every time he says the same thing. L- lyric, words are good. Lyrics are solid. Melody needs a lot of work. And then we sit down with an acoustic guitar, and I watch him kind of bang around like that, that. What do you think? That or that, that. Guitar, then, not mandolin, though, right? Guitar. Okay, good. And then suddenly, you know, he finds, he musically writes the melody, 
And in my very uh, powerful musical vocabulary, I say things like, I think it's, what about if it went like, chugga chunga chunga right because <laughs> I don't know any notes really. I was like, and like, like chugga chunga and then it, like it should be open and then a drum would go like tutu patu and he's like oh, oh you mean like this and then he has to try to interpret what I'm trying to say and we sort it out from there alright that sounds like Run DMC circa 1982 anyway that's yeah. sorry I forgot all of you were white <laughs> alright well uh, we know the video's coming out soon I have a question though yeah hit me Rockbox era Run DMC or Thank you. Free rock box. Yeah, Profile Records, yes. uh, West 54th and Broadway. <laughs> Not to be confused with Zakia and Broadway. We've been doing, we doing a lot of this side stuff Ooh, today. Rakim, too, yes. Eric B. and Rakim, Follow the Leader. The Rap God. Yeah. Peyton Full was a better album. One time I went to, this is a little story for you, Eddie. Drove to, uh, <laughs> I had a bad habit in the late 80s of quitting jobs to go to the beach. And so one Friday I was working at a place over near South Park with my friend Alvin. And um, he said, hey, let's go to Wilmington and visit our friends down there. I said, okay, well, I'm scheduled to work tomorrow. He goes, well, I said, yeah, I'll quit. <laughs> so he, he doesn't tell the boss. Well, he never tells quit. the sure. boss. The guy's name was Lee. I don't want to say his last name. Um, he might be dead. Who knows? It's been a while. Anyway, so he doesn't tell Lee, and he leaves, and uh, he said, tell Tom not to be late for work tomorrow. So we leave, or he leaves there about 1030 that night, comes to my house, picks me up. I said, you didn't say nothing to Lee, did you? Nah. So we're such a hurry to get out of town so he can't call me because this is pre-cell phone. We didn't even have an answer machine. This is fall of 87. Get in the car, his little Mustang, hauling ass down to Wilmington, around about uh, Rockingham or, you know, maybe Winget. Uh, For all you people that don't know where that is, it's nowhere. It's past Monroe. I realized that this auto-reverse cassette deck that he has, it just keeps flipping the tape. It just plays it on a loop. It's been playing Eric B. and Rakim paid in full for the entire drive. And I said, hey, what else? What other cassettes you have? Because I thought you were breaking them. So we listened to that all the way to Wilmington and all the way back. So I know it by heart. Yeah. And you quit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I quit. He called, <laughs> and uh, then when he got, when we got back, he asked, he asked Alvin, he says, uh, why, why didn't he come into work? And I was, I don't know. I was in Wilmington. Yeah, well, I got his sister on the phone. She said he was in Wilmington. Alvin said, well, I was like south of Wilmington, <laughs> Carolina Beach. And, anyway, funny. cassettes are sweet. Yeah, I got a couple of those still somewhere. Remember when we talked to somebody the other day and we were like, do you know what a, a VHS is? Yeah, because I've got a, a VCR in there playing heavy metal right now. Very that, cool. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, it's that big square thing that has... Those square cartridges. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eddie, you know who we were talking about. <laughs> anyway, you got a video coming out. Uh, you're going to be doing some more promotion. Uh, yeah. Tell us about uh, all that. Whatever. Anybody anybody who wants to talk to me about the song, I'll talk to the them. The song is actually it, dropping on the 21st. That's Thursday. Yep, Thursday Was the that 21st. dropping at midnight, 12 o'clock, and one nanosecond, or how do they do that? Well, Is that how it works, Eddie? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't even know. In reality, the song dropped yesterday because today is Friday. Oh, that's right, because we're doing this live, <laughs> not the Monday before that. Right. So it's been out now for, you know. 24 hours, 24 maybe. Hours. All you people that have already listened to this, just disregard. Can we edit this? Logan? Logan's on the board. He's not amused. Is that a thumbs down? or? Yeah, my contact's kind of blurry. Well, that's going to be on uh, released. Excuse me, that was released. <laughs> that's getting yeah. confusing so now. It's called, it's called Maggie Made Dreams, and it's on Spotify and Pandora and iHeart. And, and available on and, Playroom and, Records. And, um Apple Music and everywhere. And you can find the video on Vivo. Just search for David Ace Cannon or Maggie May Dreams. It'll pop right up. Not the Ace Cannon that died last year at the age of 84. I don't think he's got a video, though. 
Did he really die at 84? Did that, he, that did. he only oh. died last year, and I think I did the math because I said, well, he can't possibly be alive. I didn't realize he just died less than a year ago. Like I had no December idea. Eight. I did yeah. not know that. Ace Cannon, old um, saxophonist, Mississippi. No relation. He just stole his name yeah. off of a tombstone, <laughs> assumed his identity. You can also click below the post, and it'll take you right to the video. Post Malone? Yep, post Malone. That means after Malone? No, terrible. I'm done. I quit. <laughs> well, thank you guys. I appreciate it very much. This was fun. Hey, it's Thanks. been a pleasure. I hope we yeah. uh, hope we gave you uh, your your due time and uh, enough time, adequate time. I, I had a blast. A it was so fun. Thank I know you, you do a lot of promotion. Thank you. It's good to sit in with a true pro for once. <laughs> oh, Eddie's still here. Yes, another pro. But um, Ace's uh, song "Maggie May Dreams" it's going to be the wedding song of the next quarter decade i predict at least a quarter decade man i hope so, so lucky. it's gonna get, be one of those staples we get, get it could bit, be we could get a little bit of that just a just a touch of that butterfly kisses money out of this deal that would be incredible i would be all about Give me some that. of that that uh ladder to heaven or whatever it was they played not getting married again. do what kisses. you said too bad not getting married yeah again. no it's a good thing you're not getting married again that's a <laughs> <laughs> Every woman in the world has got lucky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, songs dropping uh, has Yesterday. dropped. Yeah. 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 Well, However, we're doing this. People, do, yeah, like people don't know there's recording devices in the world. <laughs> but um, check it out. Check him out. David Ace Cannon of the Ace and TJ Show and your podcast. Does it Ace, have a name? Uh, Ace at Large. Ace at Large. Yes. Yeah. Damn it. Now, see, that pisses me off. That's catchier than Mad Park Podcast. Well, we can rename ours after what being... No, we've already established a crappy brand. Well, that can be separate from the podcast. Ooh, we can well, do it off the Stream CLT. That won't affect my pay, will StreamCLT.com. <laughs> That's where you can find all the podcasts. <laughs> Let's talk about how it affects my money. Yeah. How about social media? Got it. Yeah, it's uh, Twitter, up. Instagram, uh, at Ace at Large. You know, Facebook, David Ace Cannon. I got to populate that because I had to make a new one. Mm. Yeah. Me too. You know, you Russian get that hackers. whole thing where they, yeah, well, you get that whole like, uh, hey, can you, uh, you've got to produce a driver's license with your picture on it that says oh, your name yeah. is Ace. And I was like, well, that's not possible. It's not going to happen. So. I just got yeah. discouraged after my at big old butts was taken off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you, Dave. Thank y'all, man. Thanks for hey, having man. me. I appreciate Ace, it. We really it appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, if you tuned in or however we say it with podcasts, if you listened, <laughs> thank you. And I'm sorry. <laughs> And uh, check us out again. It's Mad Park Podcast. You can check us out, me and Brian, at uh, madparkdesigns.com. We are your screen printing and graphic design and web design pseudo-moguls. You can check out The Playroom at theplayroomonline.com. And you can drive by one day, 916 Tuckasegee Road, Charlotte, just west of Uptown. Take 4th Street, it turns into Tuckasegee, and you'll find yourself in a gorgeous little area over here.